Welcome to the Healing Ninjas Podcast, a space dedicated to highlighting the healing stories of everyday people. This podcast is not a replacement for professional support. This podcast may contain content that may be graphic, violent, or traumatic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. The goal of sharing these stories is to help you, the listener, hear how people have struggled in various ways and the steps they have taken to become healing ninjas, individuals who are seeking to master the art of healing. Healing is not a linear process. We all have our ups and downs. This podcast aims to create a brave space for people to share and learn from one another. I'm your host, Hernan Carvente Martinez. Welcome to the Healing Ninjas community. Hey everyone, Hernan here with episode 11 of the Healing Ninjas podcast. And today, I'm super excited to be introducing una hermana that I recently met uh, through Instagram and through other platforms that we've been following together. And it's just a, a real privilege to be able to introduce you all to Paulina Isabel Almarosa, the founder of Latinx Grief. And man, it's just a, it's, it's a real important platform that I, I want her to speak on so much more and I'm just really excited to be able to engage with her today. So Paulina, thank you for joining me and thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me and for uh, giving me this opportunity to um, share in this process with you and with everybody else who's listening. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, the I mean the healing process <laughs> is is important, but you know one of the things that uh, why I'm so excited to uplift your platform in particular is because you know with healing there are other aspects that come with it, and and some of it is is dealing with grief and dealing with other yeah. aspects of it that are not so flowery and joyful all the time, right? And so, Paulina, can you share with folk more about who Paulina is, why? Latinx grief and and just why healing is so important and connected to that particular topic. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you you said something interesting, right? Not everything's always flowery. Mm -hmm. uh, part of the reason why I was excited to do your podcast was because I'm I am a I'm a licensed clinical social worker, so I'm a therapist. And so much of of the mis I guess misconception is that you know as therapists that we've got it all figured out. Out <laughs> and you know that we're perfect people, or that you know there's there's a lot of stereotypes going around, and so I was excited uh, not only just to share my story, but also to share you know why it is that I created Latinx Grief and where that came from, um, and that in itself is rooted in my story. Mm. Um, and so I'm allowing myself to be a little bit more to be vulnerable, actually, not a little, but to be very vulnerable mm. with my with my story, because, um, you know, I think that sometimes as as therapists, you know, we're very guarded with our information and not necessarily because we want to be, but because when you're in therapy, it's about you mm -hmm. and not necessarily the therapist. Right. But um, I can't really explain Latinx grief without sharing about myself. And so I wanted to um, bring that today and give a little bit more background on on myself. Mm. Um, so I am, you know, a, a therapist by training. And in the last two years, two, three years, because mm -hmm. I said three, I uh, really went into this zone of just becoming a poet. I mean, mm. I've always used writing as a way to 
process a lot of the things that I've gone through in my own personal life. But three years ago, I started a another Instagram page that is that's private, right? But where I really started to talk about my experiences as a uh, as a as a mujer, a newly a new mom um, who had you know this history of trauma and um, you know loss and grief and um really poured a lot of myself into that space mm-hmm. and um and the, the the feedback that i was getting was that a lot of people felt this connection to where i was sharing mm-hmm. and um it, it really um pushed me into thinking about um not just myself as a therapist but also as as a, as a writer as a poet as a person who could create spaces that are not just centered around me, but around our communities. Um, and so, you know, in my work as a therapist, I, um, I worked in jails, I've worked in hospitals, schools, community agencies, um, you name it, I've probably, probably <laughs> been at hospice. And so I, I've seen myself reflected in other people so many times and, um, you know, also felt kind of like I wasn't able to uh, do things in a way that I felt were authentic to me at times. If that makes any sense. But mm-hmm. so um, I came online really to find myself and to find a community and to share um, to share my wisdom that I've gathered over the course of my short time here on Earth, you know, mm-hmm. Um and so I know you said you, you know, you wanted to hear a little bit about, you know, this journey of mine. Um, and so it's been a long one. <laughs> and me and you have talked before, right? We talked mm-hmm. um, about myself and my my life story. Um, and and it's been quite an adventure, to say the mm-hmm. least. Um, so I know I kind of answered that backwards. I started, <laughs> <laughs> right, because I'm just so excited about Latinx grief. Um, as a space of of collective um, of of collective healing and of community, um, it's a space where people can come and you know maybe find comfort in knowing that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much of our of our of the grief that I've experienced personally has been invalidated, you know. So mm. to share some of myself, um, I am a first generation. Actually, you know, 1.5, I think is the appropriate term, <laughs> um, generation me- Mexican woman. So Mexicana. I was born in, in Cuernavaca, Mexico. I've, I came to this country as a young child. Um, I lived my entire, most of my adult life undocumented. Um, mm. So I was, um, you know, I was a formerly undocumented, you know, person. And um, my family and I, we we uh, lived in poverty for for again the majority of my life, and so um, I grew up kind of always in survival mode, you know, trying to just mm-hmm. survive and and get through the day and make sure that my family was okay, that I was okay. There wasn't really a lot of time to heal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there wasn't a time to process things to um, you know, make connections about, well, lo que le pasó a tu, tu mamá is affecting you. It, it's always been like, go, 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 survive, you know, don't, mm. don't get caught by ice. Just, um, do your best, go to school, help the family, 
Mm-hmm. And so I really lived in this survival mode for for many years, let's say decades, right? In my early 20s mm-hmm. up until recently. And so um, I didn't have an opportunity to really engage in my healing. Um, and so I just went through the motions, I think, as many of us do, um, pushing away things that were, were, were I guess, impeding my <laughs> my journey of becoming a therapist or graduating college, my healing, my um, mental health kind of always came last, last, and not even second, last, because it was, you know, my family, my family's needs, school, um, you know, making sure I was successful, fa- everything else. And then it wouldn't be me. But by the time it got to me, I was too exhausted to mm. even like sit there and say, Oh, you know what? I'm kind of feeling sad. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but my family, you know, I don't, it, it, feelings were not really allowed. It was almost like, si estás enojada or if you're sad, it somehow reflects on how we're treating you or how we're raising you. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of shame. You know, there was a lot of shame. There was a lot of guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of trauma that my parents themselves experienced and never got talked about. And they, you know, they swallowed that and then, they themselves, you know, didn't know what to do with that. And so it would, it would be um, almost like put on me and my brother, mm-hmm. I have a younger brother. <laughs> and so my brother and I, we, we never got to engage in our healing and we avoided. And then in 2015, um, I graduated from UCLA. I got my master's in social work. Mm, two weeks after I graduated, my dad, um, he died of lung cancer. Um, he, he, lived for about a year with that diagnosis. And then, and then he um, went to my graduation and two weeks later he wasn't here anymore. Mm. Um, And again, my went into survival mode. Like got to plan a funeral now. I have to take care of my mom. No feelings allowed. Right. Because my Mm. mom was, was in her own. So I took on that role of caregiver again. And um, my brother um, unfortunately, uh, just didn't, didn't have the support that he needed, um, and coped in other ways. He ended up, um, you know, uh, you know, falling into the system and he's incarcerated right now. And, mm. um, so then I went into survival mode again of trying to, to, to help my brother, you know, be okay. Um, because I knew that he needed, <laughs> needed my support and then right after that, I became a mom. <laughs> mm. So I got pregnant. And and I just said, you know, when people would say, ¿Cómo estás? I'm fine. Everything's, everything's great. Mm. I'm, you know, I made it. I'm strong. You know, there's this this need to be strong in our families. Like, tienes que ser fuerte. Um, you know, be grateful. You look at, you know, you went to school. And so, again, it was that, like kind of like toxic positivity of like, Toxic you know, keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so I I um I just avoided everything until like my body basically said no more. You either pay attention to us, <laughs> or we're we're not gonna be here for you anymore. And I and so that's really the turning point of when I I really realized that I needed to take a more I needed to pay attention to myself. I I think so much of the 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 stuff that I that I went through I just ignored I ignored myself, and um, because not because of my family I think it, it's so easy to say porque my family you know was 
they monopolized my time, but that's not the reality. I started to really see that healing was not that, I mean, not healing, but the, the symptoms of, of what I was experiencing, they weren't my family's fault necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right? They themselves were um, also traumatized. They themselves were also, um, you know, on survival mode. There's intergenerational trauma. There's incarceration. There's, I mean, there's, there's so much stuff going on in my family. And so I started to think like, I'm pissed. I'm angry. You mm-hmm. know, like, who do I blame? And and why do I feel like I need to blame someone? Um, what do I do with this, this rage, this feeling that my dad didn't deserve to be, you know, that he didn't deserve to die undocumented, that like my brother doesn't deserve to be in, in, in a cell, you know, and people might engage in debates with me, but this is just where I stand. I think yeah. that so much of the of the um the 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 hurt that we feel as as people of color as black indigenous people of color it just can't be um just put in a little box and 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 said well i guess it it's it's because you know you're this this and that it's complicated mm-hmm. right and it was a very complicated process for me to say my body's telling me that i need attention and how do i help myself now move through this process of healing because I need it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of where it all, it all really started for me. So this was three years ago where I really started to pay attention to my own healing and, and, and engage and, and move towards this path of like understanding where I came from, um, my, my lineage, my ancestors, you know, how they practiced healing. Um, I started to really, um, I, try different types of healing too you know not just therapy but um went in to get sobadas and and limpias and acupuncture um and just really opened myself up to the possibility that that healing isn't just a um a a prescription right and Mm -hmm. and although it does you know i don't want to say that medication is is terrible that's a story for another day right but (laughs) i think we tend to think of like mental health as just like mental therapists and psychiatry and you know for me that was helpful but I also think I needed other things and Mm -hmm. so um you know that's kind of where it all started and I want to just say that it that it was was complicated and it was hard Mm -hmm. um and that's where I am today and then I started you know Latinx grief so um and I want to you know kind of really take a moment to unpack a little bit so that you can share why it's so important for people to address that grief, right? Because you started talking yeah. about a little bit of, you know, how the hurt can't be put in a little box, right? Like you can't just do away with emotions that you might've felt through the loss of your father, through your brother getting incarcerated, you know, as you're, as you were sharing some of these things, and I know I said it to you when we spoke in, in advance of this, right? That you were just raising for me some other things that I hadn't fully processed out and or grieved and that I hadn't mm-hmm. really just taken the time to say, man, that shit sucked. Like I, <laughs> you know, right. or this was really sad and, and I just never had the chance to be sad about it. And, you know, from the time that I had to make a choice to leave the mother of my daughter or incidents that I had to experience at home growing up, there were moments that I had just never actively addressed that hurt. But I had never associated it to grief, right? I had never thought about it. I always thought of it as just that emotion of being hurt. But 
actively realizing that like years later, why am I still feeling this hurt? And realizing that maybe it wasn't so much pain or hurt that I'm still feeling from that moment, but I just never allowed myself to grieve whatever that emotion was, whatever that loss was, whatever that moment in time. And so just for people to really unpack that and maybe you can do that for us, right, Paulina? What why sure. grief, right? Like why why is it so important to start unpacking that and, and how has that influenced your ability to develop that platform, your relationships, you know, with your family, but also just in general, right? Like how has it helped you in your own practice and what you're building? Oh my, you, you hit on something so important that, that, that I think it, it, people sometimes don't hear. And that is that grief isn't just the loss of somebody in your life, like death. Mm-hmm. We associate grief with dying. And so I've had some conversations with people who go, well, I don't understand what it, you know, what you're feeling because I've never lost anyone in my life. Everybody I know is still living, mm. but then, but you know, their grief isn't just somebody dying in your life. Grief is also, um, the loss of, of anything that's important to you. And that can be a relationship, right? It can be, um, I talk a lot on my platform about undocumented grief, which Mm -hmm. I experienced. I didn't know that it was grief, but I remember feeling, um, this, this heaviness of sadness and anger and, um, helplessness when I couldn't get a job. When I wasn't hitting the milestones that my peers were hitting, like getting a driver's license or, um, you know, doing going out of state, going back to my native land. I couldn't touch my family in Mexico or hug them. Mm. Um, there were so for many years, I I didn't know I was grieving. I mean, it was trauma, too, but there was grief in that. And so I use Latinx grief also as a way to validate other types of grief that Mm. are that sometimes that oftentimes people don't think about as grief Mm. they think about it as a trauma maybe and and some grief is trauma and and some traumas do bring about grief but i want people to to really know that you know when you experience a loss of any kind if if you know there might be grief associated with that Mm-hmm. And that it's okay to feel sad or to feel whatever it is that you're feeling about the end or the loss of that relationship, that experience, the missed opportunities, whatever it may be. Even now with COVID, right, we're missing out on birthday parties, we're missing oh, out on graduations, yeah. we're missing out. We feel like we're missing out on a lot, and and the general consensus sometimes is like, well, no, be grateful that you're at home. <laughs> and yes, it's important to practice gratitude. I think compassion, gratitude, but sometimes with grief people just want to be seen. They want to be, they want somebody to sit with them and, and, and hold that grief. And I myself didn't get to experience that. Why? Because uh, people want to cheer you up. They want to make you feel better. Like everything's fine. Everything's great. Um, mm. And, um, and with grief, it doesn't work like that. So I like, I didn't choose grief. Grief chose me, mm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say that because the, it's important for me to say that, you know, I didn't say, you know, I think grief sounds like a fun thing to do. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, do it. Many of us, all of us who grieve, we didn't, we're not choosing to grieve. We didn't choose to be traumatized. We didn't choose this. You know, this is just the way that things are right now. And it sucks. And it's, and it's a lonely process. 
and I just, um, in my experience, I was like the, one of the, the, the hardest things for me was to sit with this and, and not have a community and not have people to, to be there with me and mm. in my grief. And, um, and so the creation of all of this is also this community where you can feel like even, even if you don't interact with anyone personally, that you're not alone and that you, what you're feeling is, is, is valid, you mm. know, and, 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 and it's okay. So, um, that's kind of, I hope that that kind of answers some of what you were asking. I mean, I'm very passionate about this and I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> no, Heck, I wish we really, we really could. Yeah. Uh, because there's so many veins to this. There's so much I'm packing to do and everybody's grief is so unique. So I don't want to lump all that next grief in one, like you said, in one box. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to like say that all grief is the same. It's, it's, the, the process of grief is universal, but each person has a unique experience mm. and um, grief that is that sits there unprocessed like it did for me. And I'm going to use myself as an example, right, because I can't speak for anyone. What what it did to me personally, um, grief left unprocessed becomes hard. Um, it, it hardens your body. It hardened my body. My body was stiff. My back hurt. I had chronic pain that I had never experienced um you know I felt more my my um my senses felt dulled almost like um it it, it it's almost like the same symptoms as trauma mm -hmm. you know where you're you're kind of like hyper alert or, or on edge um uneasy it just sleep was harder movement mm. was harder um having um, just peace of mind was harder. So, so it really starts to, you see it in your body sometimes, not always, but for, for the, you see it in your body, you see it in the way that it affects your relationships with other people. Mm. Um, I remember there were periods in my life where I was just irritable, like, ugh, you know, ni, ni el sol me calienta. I don't know. I just, uh <laughs> and that wasn't because I was a terrible person. It was because I was grieving and nobody had unpacked that for me. Mm. Um, and so that's why I want people to, I want, I want to, to, to just have this space so that it doesn't harden because grief hardened, it, it, it's, it's heavy yes. from cement, you know, it is, it's, it's so. heavy. And as you're sharing it, you know, I, I want to give others, a, a another sort of personal example that's just came to my mind as I was hearing you, Paulina, right? Like I, Mm -hmm. I remember when you just shared that experience of, of, you know, feeling pissed that your father passed away and he was undocumented. And, you know, my father is also undocumented. And he's here in the U.S. with me and, and we live together. And I remember feeling so much anger towards my dad because he was completely sober one day and then his father passed away in Mexico. He never got a chance to fly back to see him. Mm -hmm. And he just picked up the bottle and just did not stop again and mm -hmm. i remember holding a lot of anger towards that and i still sometimes feel it i still hold it but never realizing that part of what i was missing in the healing process for myself was understanding his grief right yeah and carrying mm -hmm. that for other people and, mm -hmm. and understanding that the moment you start seeing grief no longer as just something that you need to process and deal with and, and not allow to get hard you also become more understanding of the grief that other people might be experiencing and or just seeing it very differently and reacting to it very differently, which 
just creates different relationships and just creates a, a better understanding and understanding that healing is not prescribed, you know, that we need to validate mm -hmm. everyone's grief mm -hmm. and that we also just need to be able to understand that that process, like you said, is universal, but that that experience and the way that we, you know, go through it, the motions varies for each of us. And, you know, as, 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 you know, I, I want people, again, remember y'all, I want y'all to definitely follow Latinx grief and, and Paulina, as people are, maybe now realizing as they're listening to both of us and listening to your journey and your work and saying, man, maybe there's some grief right now that I got to deal with and I haven't <laughs> even thought of it that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And maybe I got to look into more stuff and, and things that I should be, you know, maybe taking in to learn this a little bit better. And are there any books, any resources that you would recommend for folk who are listening in who are now like, man, I, I, I want to, I want to start learning a little bit more about that and, and figure out how to do it. And I know your platform is one, but are there is there literature or other things that people can look into to just begin to dive into that process of, of grief and also healing from that grief? No, yeah. I mean, grief, like you said, it's a very unique experience. And let me tell you something. I've had people ask me, like, do you have any any like resources that go beyond the five stages? So, you know, usually when we talk about grief and and this has been my experience as a when they trained me as a as a therapist and even when I took my licensing exam, um, we're taught about the five stages of grief. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you all are, are familiar, if not, I kind of um, recommend that maybe you look them up because it ex it's a framework that explains um, or that tries to make sense of grief. And it's useful, by the way. I don't want to say it's not useful. Um, it helps some people make sense of their grief. And, and um, that's Elizabeth uh, Kubler-Ross, I believe, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we have that framework of, of, of understanding grief. But then some people come to me, have messaged me and said, you know, that doesn't really apply to me as a person of color or as a Latinx person. Mm. Do you have any any other things that I could look into? And I'm going to be honest, I struggle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, let me get back to you on that because I'm looking, I am um, looking to connect with other therapists who can help with this work of connecting people to resources that are culturally sensitive, um, culturally congruent, that speak to the experiences of our people, right? And that that can help explain some of the, the, the questions that we all have in our unique grieving experiences, right? So mm -hmm. now I'm cautious. I'm cautious about just throwing out stuff because the reality is that um, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. I'm continuously learning. I'm deep in trying to find things that 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 um, that can help people. It's still a very uh, this grieving space, even in social media. It's still very dominated by um, white white people. White, you mm -hmm. know, white culture and that's that's okay fine right they they have their spaces so i actually want to invite other therapists other healers i know that there's people who do body work right or sound healing who, who work with grief um those are the people that i'm interested in connecting with too mm. so that that we can have a formation of resources that people can go to um yes. right you know because i don't want to i want to be cautious about just saying things and then not really 
be helpful. Mm. You know, I, I think that with healing, and this is my word of caution for everyone, it's it's that um, you have to take recommendations and tools with a grain of salt until you yourself get get um, to talk to someone that you trust. Right. So that doesn't have to be a therapist, but that can be a coach or, um, you know, an, a, a, somebody in your community, an elder, um, because uh, it can do more damage mm-hmm. um, if, if people don't understand your unique circumstances. Grief mm. is a very sensitive topic for me. Like, I am very cautious about it because of all of the different veins in it that could open up other things that people are not ready to open Mm. so to answer your question i would say follow me on instagram yeah i do a lot of i share a lot of pages that i a lot of um yeah pages of people of color who are doing excellent grief work um who are really out there also creating spaces for for people to grieve um I have those. Um, I mean, I continuously share those resources as I get them. Mm. Um, books that I might encounter, I also share those. Um, I I do have one a book that I'm reading, but it's clinical just for therapists mm. on on doing therapy. So so think that would be a good start and um, and always welcome other other contributors and um, and in, in regards to like people doing their own examination and their own like processing. Um, I would say, you know, you can look look online to see if there are any books that speak to your unique experience and your unique, you know, um, story, mm-hmm. and and see if that that kind of like, you know, it's kind of like you have to kind of do it sometimes yourself, and then I and I hope I can facilitate that too. As I continue moving forward, I'm very new in Latinx grief, and you know that it's a very new platform. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And, but you, you, you. I think you laid out a real concrete call to action. Right. We need more people to start talking about grief and and really support the development of resources and other things that people can you know lean on and understanding that yeah, like you know, Paulina hit it right on the head with the issue of you know culturally sensitive. Um, just resources that people can connect to, right? Like there, there, there is a very particular face that you think of when you think of mental health. And, you know, it's not usually the Paulinas out there or the Hernans. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's usually not. And, you know, that doesn't take away from the, the amazing work that does exist out there, right? But it's just important for us to keep building, especially in a country yeah. that is so diverse and that just needs so much healing to take place right now. And I just think, you know, you uplifted it and... and Please, folk, if, if you haven't already, after you like started hearing Latinx Grief from the very beginning, if you haven't already done so by the end of this episode, follow <laughs> Latinx Grief. Follow, follow, follow. And Paulina, muchas gracias for just taking the time to talk to me, to share your journey, your work, and just your brilliance. And I'm really looking forward to healing and just also supporting your platform and finding people who we can send your way to keep building this resource around grief and helping our communities grief in ways that are healing uh, for all of us right and no and thank you you know like i said this is i'm just starting this off right now i don't know when this episode's going to air this is a new thing and um yeah we there's plenty of space for all of us to take a piece so i'm not gonna say like invalidate people's grief we all deserve to have our grief be seen and validated and if you know so 
thank you so much for for allowing me to speak on this and and for giving us a platform to do this. And then I think you're doing um, incredible work in allowing people to have access to these to this space to share their wisdom. We all have wisdom, and I think all of our wisdom needs to be shared. Yes. You never know who it's going to resonate with. Exactly. Thank you so much, Paulina. I appreciate you. And thank we'll you. In touch. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and follow us at Healing Ninjas on all social media platforms. If you're interested in sharing your own story, we'd love to hear from you. Go to www.healingninjas.org and sign up to be featured. We look forward to sharing your journey next.